Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I want to be able to share them with you the way that the Lord had given them to me. It's amazing that whenever I get into deep intercession and prayer, the Spirit of God always puts a burden on my heart for the church. Uh, it's never about myself. It's never about what I want, what I think, what I desire. But the Spirit takes me into a place where He places such a burden on my heart concerning the welfare of the church. And I so often uh, am reminded of Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 6, and I think around verse 19, where he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And when he talks about all the saints, he's talking about the church. His heart is for the church. And I believe as we, as we move into the Spirit, as we grow in the things of the Spirit and we develop in the wisdom of God, our primary concern is the welfare of the church. The Apostle Paul dedicated his life in the service of the church. And as you read his epistles that he writes to the various churches, either to those he has established or to those that he has been in relationship with. He says, night and day, praying for you exceedingly that we might see your face and complete or fill that which is lacking in your faith. He had such a heart for the church. Make no mistake, I love the church. And we have seen some wonderful things within the house. And I'm not talking just about our small group. <clears throat> I'm talking generally about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, regardless of its denomination and its doctrine and its different beliefs and so on and so forth. I am speaking of the church in general. And if if the Apostle Paul were to write a church today or to write an epistle to the church today, that's what I've been asking the Lord. Lord, what is your word for the church today? What is it that you desire to communicate to us? What is really on your heart? And I asked the question and I said, if you were to write an epistle to the church today, what would you say? What would you write and I believe the Spirit of God led me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to read uh, a number of, of scriptures here from 1 Corinthians. And um, as I began to read, my spirit bore witness to these words that I will share with you today. And the Apostle Paul writes in chapter 3 and he says, And I, brethren, beginning with verse 1, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, 
for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? We see here the evidence of the church in Corinth. They were very, very, very clear, this evidence. There was such division, such carnality, such sectarianism. And, and, and the, the apostle had to rebuke them for that kind of, of attitude and conditions that existed within the church. And if I look at the church today, it's not much different. After hundreds of years of the church being born again, we're still in its infant stages. And though we have seen some wonderful things within the perimeters of the church, and even signs and wonders and miracles in some sections of the church, still in general, the church is still very much in the carnal side of things. We see things from our own perspective. You see what the flesh does, what carnality does, what the carnal mind, it pollutes and distorts everything in our lives. It distorts our perception. It distorts the reality of what we see, what we experience. It distorts our way of thinking and even our own language. And so the more we walk in the flesh, the less we will experience the, the wonderful things that God has prepared for us. And yet the Bible says that God has chosen or has, has given us such wisdom that is reserved for our glory. And I want to read to you what the Apostle Paul talks about when he says uh, to, the, to the Corinthian church, concerning this spiritual wisdom, concerning this secret wisdom of God. Our Lord Jesus, he walked daily in the secret wisdom of God. That is why he was able to overcome everything the enemy threw at him. That is why he was able to walk in such victory, in such authority, because he received daily from day to day the secret wisdom of God. It is secret to the rest of the people, but to us, the Bible says, it's been revealed by the Spirit. And I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 6. Listen to what Paul says. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden or the secret wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Paul is talking about the secret mysteries or the secret wisdom of God that God has hidden away for us. And he longs for the day that when we are able and mature enough to receive this wisdom and walk in great authority and great power. But he says to the Corinthians, 
I have not fed you with such wisdom, and I cannot do it because you're still carnal. As long as you give in to the flesh, as long as you walk in the wisdom of men, you will be unable to receive the very wisdom of God which will put you over in every circumstance of life. The Bible says that this wisdom of God that we speak to the mature is the one that the rulers of this age do not have access to. They cannot obtain it. They cannot walk in it. Because the Bible says that the carnal mind does not receive the things of the Spirit, nor the wisdom of God. And that is the wisdom that Jesus Christ walked in. And it is the very wisdom that enabled the Lord to surrender himself to the instruments of death, go through the crucifixion. And you know, the rulers of this age thought, that's it, we killed him, we've done away with him. And they thought they won a great victory, yet little did they know that this very act of Jesus, as he received the secret wisdom of God and submitted himself to the instruments of death, was the end of the reign and the rule of Satan over mankind. You see, when a natural man, and even still today, the cross to the natural man is a defeat. It is, it is failure. And that's what the two on the road to Emmaus told Jesus as Jesus approached them and walked with them. They were so sad. They, they, they were so morbid. And Jesus says to them, why are you so sad? And they said, well, didn't you hear what happened? We were hoping that this, this Messiah, this Jesus, this prophet sent from God was the one that was going to deliver the nation of Israel. But the elders took him and they crucified him. And they were so disappointed and so um, depressed because they didn't understand the plan, the secret plan of God. And Jesus began to explain to them, and he said to them, Oh, slow of heart to believe. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and then to enter into his glory? And you know, when we look at things from our own perspective, it's dark. It's a different perspective altogether. But when we begin to see things from God's perspective, and we gain the wisdom of God and the understanding of God, things look so much better from up there. And that's where God wants to take us. I hear his heart crying out, and he says, Oh, my church, when will you rise up? When will you mature enough? When will you develop so strong in the Spirit that you are able to receive what I have planned for you? The Bible says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us. How? By his spirit. For the spirit of God searches all things, even the deep things of God. You see, the Lord wants to communicate to us things in the Spirit when we are able to receive them. And when we come to that place 
where we are able to receive those things which the Spirit communicates, and the first thing that it communicates is the secret wisdom, the mysteries of the kingdom of God that unlocks the power of God and the authority of God and the wisdom of God and the, and the, and the glory of God. That is why the Bible says that God has reserved this wisdom for us for our glory. This is how the Lord wants to glorify his church by imparting to her the secret wisdom so that we can walk from day to day in the power of the Spirit. The Bible says that if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. My goodness, when we begin to walk in the Spirit from day to day, there is no challenge that we cannot overcome. There is no problem that we cannot solve. There is no sickness or disease that we cannot cast out. There is no demon strong enough to stand against the wisdom of God and the authority and the power of God. But the church needs prayer. That's why Paul says, pray, intercede for the church with all kinds of prayer in the spirit for all the saints. Folks, when the Spirit of God gets hold of us, our prayer language and our prayer life will be transformed. And, and, and when we begin to really get into the Spirit, we're not going to pray. I found myself, as I mentioned, as I said earlier on, that when this spirit of intercession comes upon me and I pray in the spirit, it's never about what I want. It's never about what I think. And, and it's not about my desires or my wants or my situation or the conflicts that I'm facing or the things that I'm encountering. It's always about the church. And I believe when we devote ourselves to pray for the church, to pray for the people of God. When we surrender ourselves fully to God and the interests of the kingdom of God become our interests and we begin to serve the body of Christ with the gifts and the talents that the, that the Lord has given us, I believe the Lord will take care of our situation. He will take care of our problems. He will take care of of whatever it is that we are dealing with. I remember many years ago when the Lord said to me, son, you take care of my house and I will take care of your house. It is the principle of Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added to you. Amen. It's not what I think, it's not what I want, it's not what I desire, it's not what I dream. It's what God envisions through me. And as we allow the Spirit of God to minister through us, you may say, well, I don't have much, uh, I don't have that gift, I don't have... You can be in your house and you can do the greater work on your knees than any other gift that I know of. 
And I believe most of the rewards will go to people that are unknown. They are hidden away. But they have invested their lives for the welfare of the church. And so Paul, here he says, how I long to communicate to you and to minister to you as mature people. How I long to give you the secret wisdom, but you are not able to receive it. Why? Because you're still carnal. There is so much division. There's so much envy and jealousy among you. So much competition. And when we look at the church today, what are we seeing? Competition, jealousy. One fights against the other. One uh, judges the other section of the church. So much division. We elevate men and personalities rather than Christ the Lord. And Paul says to them, is Christ divided? What's wrong with you guys? You act and behave like mere men. So what is the root problem? What is the root cause of all of the problems that we face within the church? It's immaturity, spiritual immaturity. It's carnality. The carnal mind has blinded us. The carnal mind has polluted our way of thinking, has polluted our way of speaking, has polluted our perceptions. And instead of seeing things from God's perspective, we're seeing things from our own selfish nature. Oh, we are hurting. We are struggling. But what he said about me and what he did to me, it's always me, 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 me. That's why Jesus said, if you want to follow me and become my disciple, the first thing you have to do is to deny yourself. Take up the cross and follow me. The, the cross is the solution and the remedy for all of the carnality we have, we are dealing with in the church today. Amen. That is the truth. Paul said to the Galatians, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts thereof. We are the ones to rise up and put to death every deed of the flesh. Every single situation that we find ourselves, folks, we need to stop and say, Lord Jesus, how would you deal with this situation? How would you respond to this circumstance that I am in. What would you have me do? That's why the scripture says in Proverbs 3 verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. What does it mean to acknowledge God in all your ways? It means to look to Him and say, Lord, here I am. What would you have me do? I acknowledge you in this situation. I acknowledge your sovereignty. I acknowledge your lordship over my life. How would you have me respond to this? And you will be amazed what the secret wisdom of God will show you. He will tell you things that will blow your natural mind. Amen. He will... He, he will show you such simple things, I believe, that if you are spiritual enough, you won't resist them. Here is one. 
pray for those who despitefully use and persecute you. Hey, the flesh doesn't like that. Love your enemies. I mean, that is wisdom from God. Amen. The wisdom of God says you will do more with 80% of your income and with 100% of your income if you will honor me. But what does the carnal mind say? What does the carnal mind do? He said, no, that's, that's not the way to do it. You're stupid. You're foolish. But the Bible says the foolish things of the world are mighty and more, more wise in, in, in let's I've, I've, I've looked at this scripture it says you, you may say but that's foolishness but the word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 but God chooses the foolish things of the world in order to put to shame the wise God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe that's what the scripture says and God, he says, has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. Jesus said, what men highly esteem and honor is an abomination with God. You know, we should do this. Whatever the natural mind tells us to do, we need to do the opposite. That's God's way. That's Jesus' way. Praise God. And then he goes on to say, and things which the world despises, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Why? So that no flesh should glory in God's presence. We need to come to the place where we constantly walk in the Spirit, having our minds renewed by the Spirit of God and understanding that good and, and, and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that's where the Lord is leading us. Walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, let the Spirit of God transform our way of thinking, our perceptions, our language, and our actions. And then the world will see that we are different. The world will see that we stand out as a city on a hill. And we will draw them to Him. Amen. Praise God. I... I, I, I I've, I've, I've endeavored to communicate what the Lord has placed on my heart today to share with you. And I know some time ago I, I, I said some things, I'm going to repeat them. We need to step away from everything that feeds and nurtures and strengthens the carnal man. And we need to step into those things which feed, nurture, and strengthen our spiritual man so that we can rise above on the level where we are able to receive the wisdom of God and the grace of God. So what it, you need to ask yourself, what is the situation that I'm facing today that is causing me uh, anxiety, 
worry, uncertainty, insecurity? What is it that I am dealing with right now that I don't seem to have the upper hand? And you take that situation and you step back from it and say, Lord Jesus, give me your eyes so that I may see it the way you see it. What is it you are endeavoring to teach me through what I'm going through at this point in time? The Bible says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into various trials and tests, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have a perfect work. So you need to step back from what you're facing and say to the Lord, Lord, what is it that you are endeavoring to communicate to me or teach me through this test that I'm going through? And wait on the Lord, and he will give you his eyes, he will give you his perception, so that you may see things from God's perspective. And when you do, everything changes. Your attitude will change. Your language will change. Your demeanor will change, because you see it from God's perspective. And I've had that happen to me time and time and time again. Even from the early days. My, my father-in-law was a difficult man. He was a hard man. He was on my case constantly. I never did anything right with him. Everything I did was wrong. Because he was prejudiced against my faith, against my being born again. And he was on my case day after day. In the beginning, I resisted, I rebelled, I argued with him to the extent where one day he literally kicked me out of the house. But as I was praying one day, God opened my eyes to see him the way God sees him and to see what I'm going through in the eyes of God. When God spoke to me and he said, Son, this is a time of discipline for you. This is a test and this is a trial. This is not your father-in-law. It's me disciplining you. And when I saw that and I understood that and I humbled myself before God and before my father-in-law, heaven opened over my life. You see, when you see the things from God's point of view, rebellion ceases. There is a joy that comes in your heart because you know God is in it. And if God is in it, he will help you through it. And if God is in it, it's for your good, it's not for, for destroying you. It is for refining you. It is for perfecting you. Amen. And some of us are going through the same test again and again and again and again and again, but we don't seem to learn from it. So you fail the test, God will put you through again and again until you pass the test and graduate to a greater level of authority, of responsibility, and of usefulness. Amen? Are you still with me? So my, if, if, if you forget everything I say today, remember this. Look at your situation and step back and ask God to give you his eyes. Lord, in your light, we shall see light. Help me to see this from your perspective. 
and help me to understand how to respond to this situation or to this person or in this situation or in that relationship. And the Lord will give you his secret wisdom that will put you over. And you will have a powerful and a wonderful testimony, I believe. Amen? Things in the Spirit look much brighter. Things in the Spirit look much better than when we see things in the natural. And so that's what Paul was, was saying to them. He says, when I came to you, he says, I came in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. What's he talking about? You see, in the flesh he was weak. He knew that in the flesh there was nothing he could do or say to change their lives or to, or to help them grow spiritually. He said, I came in weakness, in much fear. He was talking about godly fear and in much trembling. He was so weak in the flesh. But he said, my speech and my preaching were not done with persuasive words of man's wisdom but in the power and demonstration of the Spirit, so that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see, Paul didn't want them to look to him. He wanted them to look to God, to put the trust in God. And he said, I didn't use excellence of speech. I didn't use persuasive words of human wisdom. I abandoned that. But my speech and my preaching were done with the power and demonstration of the Spirit. He spoke from the heart of God. He allowed God to speak through him and impart to the Corinthians that which they needed in order to stabilize the faith in God and not in the wisdom of men. Isn't that amazing that before we come utterly to trust in God, we go to men. We will go to this one, we will go to that one, we'll go to this one. And finally, when we meet disappointment from every corner of the human uh, existence, then we turn to God and say, Lord, huh, I've tried everything. But isn't it better if we go straight to Him? Amen. Praise God forevermore. So, I want to communicate, he says, wisdom that is only given to the mature. So there's only one thing for us to do, folks. What is that? Develop spiritually. Develop spiritually. Grow up. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's the simple way of putting it. Develop spiritually. Grow up. <laughs> and that's the simplest way I can put it. Grow up with, grow up in the spirit. Become spiritual. More and more spiritual. Invest in your spiritual welfare. Nurture your spirit man more than you nurture your natural man. Invest in him. Invest in your relationship with Christ. Invest time in prayer. Invest time in the word because that investment in due time will pay rich dividends, folks. Amen. The time we spend in the Word and the time we spend with God in prayer is never a wasted time. 
It's the time where God invests into our spirit man, into our relationship. And the closer we get to God, the higher we rise in the spirit. The closer we get to God, the wiser we become. The closer we get to God, the more authority and power we walk in. And that's what God desires for each and every one of you. Amen that we become mature men and women. And when we do, we reach out beyond ourselves and we begin to touch lives and affect lives and influence lives through our lives, through our faith, through our prayer, through our ministry. We, we, we come to identify who we really are in the Spirit and what God has deposited within us. And we begin to exercise those gifts and use them rather than always depending upon someone else to help us or encourage us or comfort us, we become the ones who encourage others, who comfort others, who bless others, who give to others, who pray for others. That's true maturity. It's not how much scripture we know. It's how much of Jesus is allowed to live and work through us. That's what really matters. And when that happens, our own our own welfare is taken care of. Before we go, I want to pray with you and I want to, I long for and I look forward to the times such as these. When I can see you face to face and communicate the word of the living God to you. Hopefully communicate some wisdom and knowledge and understanding that will help you become a better person, that will help you become more productive and successful in all your endeavors. And that's my desire, folks. So, Father, we thank you today for your precious word. We thank you that you called us to a higher life, a higher living in the Spirit. We thank you that you have reserved secret wisdom for us, for our glory. Father, we pray that you will enable us to rise to that level of maturity where we are able to receive much more than what we have known and what we have received from you. Our hearts cries for the church, Lord. Teach us to pray for the church. Grant us that burden, Father, that will cause us to rise early in the morning or late at night and pray and intercede for the entire church, for the house of God, for the body of Christ. Help us to love the church as you love the church, dear Lord. Deliver us from division and envy and competition and all of these things that grieve your heart and teach us to love one another, regardless of our denomination, regardless of our doctrines, to embrace one another in the love and in the spirit of Christ and pray for one another and be kind to one another in the name of the Lord Jesus. And this is our prayer, Father, and we thank you. We thank you for it. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.